The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. start the regular meeting of the city council and in accordance with PA 254 of 2020 the members should identify the physical location by stating the county city township or village and state from which he or she is attending the meeting remotely roll call please roll call mayor garrett <laughs> i'm in polk county davenport florida Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Uh, here uh, in Emmett County, uh, Harbor Springs, Michigan. Council Member Ferguson. Aether Village, Oakland County, present. Council Member Siddiqui. Here, Aether Village, Oakland County, Michigan. Council Member Stallings. We did receive notification she was not going to be at the meeting. So, Madam Mayor, you have a quorum. Thank you very much. Now I invite um, everyone in the audience to say the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't see a flag anywhere, so we'll just have to go with it, okay? <laughs> I pledge, allegiance pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Uh, I will, one, take a motion to excuse uh, Councilwoman Stallings. I'll make a motion to excuse Councilwoman Stallings. Second. second. It's been moved in second. Roll call. Roll call. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Councilmember Ferguson. Yes. Councilmember Siddiqui. Yes. And Mayor Garrett. Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Um, next, we'll have the approval of the agenda. Uh, I'll make a motion to approve the agenda. Second. It's been moved and second. Uh, roll call, please. Uh, no, ask for discussion. Sorry. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to rush uh, along a discussion. Yep. No, I, I, I'd like to, to move the. Um, or to, uh, to remove from the agenda uh, item 12B, uh, resolution to direct the city administrator to prepare plans and cost estimates. Okay. Anyone else? To be discussed at, uh, at a later time. Thank you. Anyone else? Roll call, please. Council Member Ferguson. Yes. Mayor Garrett. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. And Council Member Siddiqui. Yes. Motion carried to approve the agenda and to remove item 12B. Was there a second on that? I yeah. Have, yeah. Yeah. Sorry for all the background noise. I'm so there was a second, Scott. Yeah, I have Ian as a second. 
Um, next, we have a presentation from our state representative, Kyra, uh, almost said Bolton, Bolton. Kyra, state rep. Are you ready for me? Yes. Ready. Oh, okay, awesome. Uh, well, first I want to- Oh, we lost her. That would be her internet, not ours. Okay, we lost you. Probably can't hear us if she's frozen. All right, so um, let's think here. Um, I don't wanna go into the zoning board of appeals because then I would have to come right back out of it once she unfreezes, right? So, say thank you. Uh, I'm almost. All right. Do I need to start over? Sorry. Yeah, um, it might help if you uh, unfortunately take the video off. I know I've noticed okay. that they've been helping sometimes. I will do that. All right. Start this over. Uh, so I was named House Democratic Assistant Leader for this term. I'm honored to have a leader. All right, sorry, um, I will zoom through this because my internet is really angry at me right now. Um, I was named to the following committees. Um, I'm Democratic Vice Chair of the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules, um, the Insurance Committee and Judiciary Committees. Um, just want to <clears throat> update you on some upcoming <clears throat> events. I'm having a COVID-19 uh, town hall on Friday, March 26th at 5.30. We will be joined by Dr. Khaldun and Dr. Shah Jahan, uh, which who will both discuss um, COVID-19 and our particular communities. And I'll be joined by Senator Jeremy Moss and Senator Rosemary Bayer for that event. Um, want to let you know that I started an advisory council as well as a youth advisory council um, to apply. You can email Kyra Bolden at house.mi.gov. Um, basically, it's a board to just help inform my le legislative priorities and legislative decisions. And so if you are interested, I really encourage you to apply. Um, there is an event on Facebook Live um, from the House Democrats. Uh, it is our Black History Month event. It will feature a video of our African-American leaders uh, within the caucus to uh, shed a light on our present and past uh, history. I uh, want to update you on our unemployment claims for our district. Um, in total, we've had 634 unemployment claims for the entire district. 569 have been resolved. Um, that leaves us with 65 unresolved UIA cases. And I know um, that, are you still able to hear me? Yep. Oh, okay, great, thank you. Um, and I know that UIA has been incredibly frustrating um, we are obviously going through an unprecedented time, and so I'm happy that we were able to help um, as many people as we were. We still have a little ways to go um, to help get those last 65 cases uh, resolved. Um, for those that um, aren't aware, um, 
I, we do do coffee hours every month uh, with the office. So please sign up for our e-newsletter at housedems.com slash bolden. Um, we uh, were able to get three bills passed into law uh, last session. And one was passed during lame duck, and that's the address confidentiality program, um, which would allow for victims to victims of domestic violence and stalking and human trafficking to to actually hide their address um, within the confines of the um, attorney general's office to make sure that they're protected. And we are very excited to get that across the finish line. We're working on some um, really great things um, in the office as well. As far as legislation, we're going to continue the criminal justice reform, uh, health care, as well as a particular attention to senior issues. Um, I was named to the Elder Abuse Task Force um, that's overseen by our Attorney General. And so we'll make sure that we're having legislation um, that protects our seniors. Um, as you all may know, um, the federal government appropriated $5 billion uh, to the state of Michigan to use for COVID relief. Um, currently, we're in um, a little bit of a, um, of a tussle about not where to use the money because they have strings attached, but whether to use the full amount. And so myself and my caucus believe that we should use every single dollar um, that has been given to us by the federal government which totals $5 billion, and our colleagues on the other side of the aisle don't believe that we need as much and are currently proposing a $2.5 billion plan. And so I just want to let the community know that um, I will be advocating for every dollar um, to be appropriated um, that has been all, already appropriated by the federal government. There's no need to leave money on the table, and there's no reason that our tax dollars should be going to other states because that's what will happen if we don't use it. We'll, we'll lose it. And so um, there is an appropriation that I voted no on um, in case anyone saw that and was wondering. It's because um, it only would have appropriated half of the allotted money that we were given from the federal government. And that's not just money for vaccine distribution. That's money to improve our schools to make them COVID safe. Um, that's money for our small businesses. Um, and there's so there's so much we can do with that COVID relief. Uh, we shouldn't leave any money on the table. So I'll continue to fight for that. Um, again, just want to give uh, my contact information. If you have any questions, please email Kyra Bolden at house.mi.gov. We are happy to help. And if you have um, you know, any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out. I hope you'll join the advisory committee and join one of our future coffee hours if you're available. And that is all that I have. And of course, I will answer any questions that the body may have as well. Thank you, Representative. Um, is there any questions from council? No, thank you. Well, thank you so much for your thank time. You. And, uh, I think that we have it posted some, we have it in the newsletter about the coffee hour in the town hall, right? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much again for letting me address you tonight and um, have a good night. You too. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Um, now I want to uh, adjourn the city council, the board of the city council, so we can uh, Go to the zoning board of appeals. Did I say that right? It's so far and few between. <laughs> I'll take a motion for adjournment. I'll, I'll motion. I'll make a motion to adjourn. Second. 
Okay. Um, so now calling to order the Zoning Board of Appeals. Huh? Nope, sorry. We need a roll call, don't we? Not for adjournments, not normally, but go ahead, uh, Scott, you're the legal expert. No, I was just gonna say you yeah, you could uh you can adjourn the the regular session and reconvene as zoning board of appeals in one motion. Okay. So I'll I'll, I'll amend my motion. I'll make my a motion to uh, adjourn and reconvene as the uh, uh Lather Village Zoning Board of Appeals. Second. Uh, do you still need I don't do you need a roll call or you just need to do the roll call yeah, as do do a roll do a roll call to open and then same thing as with the council meeting uh, members should identify where that where they're attending from <laughs> it's redundant i know but okay well I'm roll call i don't want you all to be all upset with me because i'm where i'm at Madam Clerk. You're, you're on mute for that. Oh, sorry. I'm just talking and talking. Okay, <laughs> Mayor Garrett. <laughs> um, I am in Polk County, Davenport, Florida, here. Davenport. Okay. Mayor Cantor, Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes, and I am uh, here in uh, Harbor Springs, Michigan, uh, Emmett County. Council Member Siddiqui. Here, Lathrop Village, Michigan, Oakland County. And Council Member Ferguson. Present, Oakland County, Lathrop Village, Michigan. Madam Mayor, you have a quorum. Thank you very much. Um, we need the approval of the minutes from June 22nd, 2020 and January 25th, 2021. Anybody can make that. I'll, I'll, I'll make a motion to approve the the uh, uh, zoning board of appeals meetings for June twenty second, twenty twenty, and January twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Second. Okay, it's been moved and second. Is there any discussion around the approval? Hearing none. Roll call, please. Board member Cantor. Yes. Board member Siddiqui. Yes. Board member Ferguson. Yes. And board member Garrett. Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. The first public hearing is going to be for 27215 South Hill Road, Lather Village, Michigan 48076. Appeal number 712-21, the Zoning Board of Appeals for the city of Lather Village will hold a public hearing on an appeal filed by Rami and I apologize. Um, I'm not gonna attempt your last name, but- You're uh, so both. You're so both. You, you're so Hello, everyone. I just, sorry, I don't like to destroy anyone's- Okay, name. just call me a Ramil. Okay. Hi, uh, everyone. Property owner at 27215 South Hill Road, Lather Village. Uh, to obtain a variance from the section 5.5 .5 of the city of Lather Village zoning ordinance. Who is introducing that? Um, do you want me to introduce it first or do you want to do the public hearing first? Why don't you give a brief overview? Is, is Jill going to join us tonight or no? 
Uh, no, uh, there was a conflict. So okay. right. um, yeah, why don't you give a brief overview? We can, uh, and then we can open it up for public comments. And then if there's additional questions, we can we can provide that additional information. Perfect. So uh, Ramil actually purchased uh, the building at 27215 Southfield Road. Um, mid midsummer last year and um, is proposing to put a mobile MRI truck as well as some uh, related medical offices in that building. Um, he appeared before the Planning Commission on December 15th uh, and the Planning Commission approved his site plan um, and uh, with the recommendation that he uh, request a variance for the screen wall between that is required between uh, his commercial lot and the adjacent residential lots. Um, the ordinance does stipulate that a, a six foot masonry screen wall is required. Um, and Ramil is instead proposing to uh, do fence with some additional vegetation. Um, the building official is allowed um, to make some uh, minor deviations uh, to that wall. Uh, unfortunately, the what Ramil would like to do and uh, are, would not be considered to be minor modifications, which is why the Planning Commission recommended he appealed to the uh, ZBA. So uh, he has made some fairly significant efforts to reach out and discuss this issue with his neighbors. And I believe there was uh, at least two letters included within your packet. So that is it in a nutshell. Um, certainly ask some questions if you have, have any. Thank you. Um, at this time, we'll open public comment for um, or for the public hearing. Question, what I was just sent, that's for public comment, um, Dr. Sherrill, at the end of our agenda, I mean, the end of the council, right? Not for this particular section. The public comment you just sent? Yes, that's for the regular agenda. Okay, I apologize for that. Okay. So the uh, public- We can have maybe Lonnie start uh, to present it and then I can take over from there. Lonnie is our uh, architect. Well, uh, Ramil, we'll actually have uh, you and Lonnie uh, discuss once the public hearing is closed. Oh, okay. Thank you. Is there anyone in the audience that would like to speak at the public hearing? Anyone like to speak? Um, yes. Looks like you have a couple of hands raised. Um, first one is going to be Michael. Oh, goodness, I should probably put my glasses on so I can see the Bowlby. Thank you. I, yeah, Michael Bowlby. Yes. Go ahead, I, sir. I own the house directly behind Lathrop Pharmacy and also part of Ramil's building. And um, I really do not think that a masonry wall would look good in a resi residential neighborhood. So I propose, I support Ramil in his effort to put in a uh, upgraded vinyl fence or a wood fence as opposed to a masonry fence. I think that the masonry fence is too commercial or industrial looking for a residential neighborhood since that fence would be right on my backyard. 
I also have a question about cost sharing. Um, we have talked to the owner of Lathrop Pharmacy and they are not interested in cost sharing. And I was curious as to why Ramil was being asked to upgrade the chain link fence, but the pharmacy did not do anything to upgrade the same chain link fence that's behind them, between them and my house. I, I think the answer to that question, and, and Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, is because uh, Ramil is, is doing a major project uh, which requires going through the planning commission and a site plan. And so that allows the city to enforce um, uh, the zoning, you know, all, all the zoning regulations, whereas the pharmacy hasn't. Is that, is that correct, Scott? That's correct. The, the zoning ordinance has changed since the, those buildings were originally put into place. The chain link fence are no, are no longer allowed uh, as a screening wall between a commercial and a residential property. So the uh, the modifications that he's making to that property, as Bruce indicated, required him to go through the site plan approval process. One of those requirements is that he, he bring that, that fence into compliance. As far as cost sharing, it's the, it's the responsibility of the commercial property owner to put the wall in. It's not, um, it's not the resident's responsibility. So typically there is no cost sharing. Um, well, there is no cost sharing between, between in that scenario between a, a residential property and a commercial property. Yeah, so the, 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 Southfield, the Southfield Pharmacy that's behind your house, Mike, they're, they're legally non-conforming. If they were to ever to do a, a, a major remodel that required a site plan, then they would, be, they would be required to bring that into compliance as well. Okay, then my issue is that my backyard at, at uh, the end of Cambridge Street there is uh, abutting against Ramil's property, half of it, and the other half against the pharmacy's property. So... Are you saying that the fence would go halfway down my backyard and stop? Uh, I don't, I, I would like the fence to be completely replaced. And I think that's in the best interest of the city and the commercial properties and I'm willing to cost share, but I think that the pharmacy should also contribute since it's next to their property. I don't know if there's any mechanism to make that happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe there is. I, 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 it would just be, Ramil would just be responsible for his property. And the city also owns property there. There's a grass alleyway. Is the city at all uh, responsible for maintaining the fence that abuts its property, the grass alleyway? You're on mute, Scott. Again, the, the fence, the barrier between the, the residential and the commercial property is, is the financial responsibility of the commercial property. Uh, if the city's that alleyway my understanding is that alleyway is undeveloped it's not currently paved right um if there are, if there have been improvements made to that alley or um it's being utilized for other than uh, really if it's just grass the city should mow that but if there's anything else in there or any other utilization of that then that property owner needs to have a licensing agreement with the city for that use so if it's going to be landscaped or used for parking uh, or something along those lines, then the city would license that to, the, to that individual property owner. But my understanding is that there are no licenses for either of those parcels. So that there shouldn't be anything in that alley um, other, than, other than grass that should be maintained by the city. The, it is grass, but the city has not been mowing it. The city does not mow it at all. Okay, that, well, that's something the city should be should be taken care of. Cheryl, can you um, make sure that you just um, write that 
the address down of where that's at. Unfortunately, um, the three minutes is up for you, Mr. Bol Bolby. I'm sorry. Bolby. Bolby. <laughs> sorry. No problem. Is there anyone else for um, the public hearing wants to make a comment? Do not see anyone else. Oh, um, wait, I'm not sure. one. There was, I'm sorry, there was uh, oh, someone in the chat. Yeah, I'm still, I, I was looking at that also. I'm not sure if that's. Um, that is Chris. Uh, I think, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I think that's Chris, the other neighbor that's uh, besides us. Um, Christopher. But he already no. sent us his letter. So um, not sure. I think he's working, so I'm not sure if uh, he's able to join. Yeah, his letter's in our packet. So the letter is in our packet, and um, I don't even think I can find it. Um, Mr. Jones, I don't know if you're trying. I don't think that you're trying to actually come um, into the meeting, so I'll, I'll read your letter. <laughs> Um, but it's uh, to whom it may concern. My name is Christopher Jones and I'm the homeowner located at 18120 Sunnybrook Avenue. It is my understanding that there's a wall that has been proposed on my property line. I am writing to address my concerns and more than willing to schedule a visit to discuss. As it has been explained to me, city ordinances or ordinance which is being applied in the case of new ownership requires a solid barrier along the property line. If you reviewed this carefully, you will notice this means the proposed wall will run from the sidewalk beyond my northern property line. I feel as though this creates several inconveniences for me as a homeowner. My primary concerns are as follows, obstruction of view when backing out my driveway, which is less than 30 feet from the property line, the safety risks of having a complete blind spot running the length of my property, and is an ugly wall that was not there when purchase, sorry, is an ugly wall that was not there when purchased my property going to impact the value of my property. I'm more than willing to allow a fence to be erected, replacing the current chain fence. The owners of the commercial property and myself have already discussed building a privacy fence together, but I do not want the fence running any further, nor do I think it makes business sense for the owners or aesthetic sense for my street to run a wall to the sidewalk. The idea is gaudy, provides no benefit to me as a homeowner and as a Lather Village taxpayer, I think my voice should be considered in the decision-making process of what impacts my immediate surroundings. Thank you. Any other um, comments? Susie, anyone? Anyone see anything? Hands? No? Okay. Um, closing the public hearing, going to the action request, the consideration of a motion to approve, deny the zoning variance requests at 27215 South Hill Road. All right, now we'll have uh, Lonnie Zimmerman, the architect for the project, uh, give you a quick overview and answer. Hit any highlights that he wants. Okay, thanks, Susie. Um, I'm Lonnie Zimmerman, as Susie said. I'm the architect, I've been working with Ramil to the renovation for the project and the site plan approval for it. And um, uh, I submitted with the uh, ZBA application uh, an attached letter that uh, 
or not really a letter, but a, a description of uh, some of the hardships that uh, are practical difficulties that we have in addition to what the uh, two homeowners have written. Um, I also uh, put some photographs in. Uh, some came off of Google Earth when the weather was nice and it was taken, and others were in the fall when uh, some of the uh, leaves were gone. But the result shows that along that property line, there is a lot of planting now. Uh, trees and bushes that are right on the property line. In addition, there are two telephone poles within about a foot of the property with guy wires. And any construction of a masonry wall would probably have a major problem with foundations for the uh, wall compared with the guy wires and the uh, uh, telephone, or I guess they're electric poles. But um, so there is a practical situation with that, in addition to what the homeowners have said that uh, just the problem with uh, the appearance of a masonry wall. Um, we don't think that we would lose uh, a significant amount of the landscape if we put in a uh, cedar or other type of wood fence because we would probably, uh, for example, use the uh, pole locate the uh, fence post locations that are there now and be able to put in the uh, fence posts for the new wall. And um, that way we wouldn't be disrupting as much of the landscape. Some that's right on the property line and growing through the fence possibly, but most of it we think because uh, it's either on one side or the other uh, can be retained. So some's gonna be on Ramil's property and some will be on the homeowner's property. Uh, I can't tell you how, what percentage is gonna be where, but uh, it's gonna be able to uh, be retained uh, in a significant way with the construction of a uh, wood fence as opposed to a masonry wall, which uh, seems to be what the uh, adjacent property owners uh, really are against as well. And uh, so I guess I would couch it in those terms. And uh, I think Ramil can talk a little bit more specifically about the uh, fence that he is proposing and has talked to the homeowners about. Thank you, Juan. Hello, everyone, again. Uh, thanks for listening, uh, hearing us out. Uh, so after discussing it with Lonnie and the homeowners and looking at the fence line overall, um, like Lonnie mentioned, we do have some nice trees there. And if we will put a uh, masonry wall, we will have to put a foundation, which will uh, then uh, we'll have to pretty much cut through the roots of the existing trees. Uh, and that might potentially damage those trees and, uh, you know, make them die. And uh, we would like to avoid that. Uh, after speaking with the neighbors, they, uh, we agreed that we can put a um, cedar um, a wall, uh, but then also we thought about, uh, hey, there eventually will be some maintenance that needs to be done 
um, some of the you know wood will start uh, start to rot uh, after a while. Um, I proposed and the neighbors agreed that we can probably spend a little bit more money but put a vinyl fence, uh, more of a wood-looking vinyl fence. And I'm gonna try to. I think I sent a few pictures to Susie, but I'm gonna try to share my screen and. Uh, see if I can show you this. Um, I think we have all the, the pictures um, in our yeah, package. Yeah, we got the pictures. Yeah, okay, so great. there's money for that. Thank you. So that's where the kind of the cost sharing would come in uh, because this uh, vinyl fence is pretty expensive, but it's probably four or five times more expensive. But it will require no maintenance. It will look really, really nice. And it will look the same way from both ends. Uh, from both the neighbor's side and from, from the uh, street side, from the southward side. Um, as far as our discussion with Mike, uh, the neighbor on the north side, uh, my property goes halfway into his property and then the rest would kind of remain the same uh, chain link fence, which we thought that maybe if the pharmacy would participate, we can cost share and extend it uh, all the way out so it's one nice, uh, you know, one nice wall going all the way. Um, now we can, you know, I definitely would like to discuss that with Mike and see how we can work that out. Uh, if, if the city is okay, we would like to go all the way, but uh, for this particular meeting, it's only regarding uh, the, uh, the fence line of uh, my property. Uh, but I, I also wanna try to make it to where we can make one nice long wall. Uh, so the pictures that I propose, and we're still gonna discuss with the uh, neighbors to make sure that the, the cost is efficient um, and uh, try to put a, a vinyl fence or at least a wood fence that will separate the, uh, the neighbor's property from uh, you know, my property and from Southfield Road, which will create a nice uh, noise reduction and then the current trees that are there, especially in summertime, uh, they definitely uh, green up and they, they, uh, they you know, uh, eliminate some of the noise from South Hill Road. Thank you. Um, I have a question to our city attorney. Um, by approving the zoning variance, that is actually allowing, this is in the form of a question, is that allowing the business owner to erect any kind of fence or is this going to be specific? I mean, I, I'm reading, following, but got lost somewhere. So I think I think the request is a, a variance from the uh, from the zoning ordinance, the section 5.5 that, that specifically requires a masonry type barrier wall. Uh, the applicant has proposed, from what, the information that I reviewed, has proposed two different types. I think it's if if ZBA were to uh, find that there was a practical difficulty and a hardship uh, that would justify a variance, I think they could specify which material they wanted to see uh, allowed. Uh, again, that that would be up to the ZBA to make that determination if if they feel that the standards have been met. And just, uh, there was just why I got everyone's attention. Those standards are outlined uh, in section 7.714 of the zoning ordinance. They were also highlighted 
uh, in the planner's review letter that is included on page 15 of your packet. So. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and make a motion. Um, I'm going to make a, a, a motion to approve uh, the, the zoning variance request of uh, Rami Yusur, Yus, uh, <laughs> Rami, the yes, property owner, at 27215 uh, Lathrop Village Road um, to avoid the masonry uh, requirement in place of uh, a wood looking vinyl fence. Um, yeah, so that's my motion, and I can explain why once we get into the discussion. Second. Okay, it's been moved in second. Um, yeah, just, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so um, quite, uh, Mr. Bowlby uh, indicated that, you know, it's a very rent residential looking uh, alleyway and, and I'm obviously familiar with it because I do live in that general vicinity. Um, it is very residential in that there's the, the alleyway is a 20 foot uh, uh, grass alleyway that's very heavily treed. Um, and has a very residential look to it, as, as Mr. Bowlby indicated. And in uh, section 7.714 of, of the ordinance, section D, um, it, it indicates that um, uh, it shouldn't, the, the, the ordinance shouldn't diminish the marketable value of adjacent lands or buildings. And I think if you take a, you know, uh, heavily, heavily green greenery area uh, that's heavily treed, um, and grassed, and uh, you know where you have a natural border between the uh, the public alleyway and the and the business, and you replace it with a masonry wall. I, I agree with Mr. Bowlby that it would diminish um, the marketable value of of uh, his property. So I'm proposing under under uh, the ordinance under Section D, um, and uh, uh, under Section F. Um, what was my question point? Well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just keep it at seven, seven uh, section D for right now. If I may jump, jump in for a second. Um, uh, at this point, I would like to ask if it's possible to keep the uh, fence the way it is once we're able to discuss with the neighbors and come up with a good, uh, uh, you know, good way of doing this. Um, I yeah, like I, let, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll modify my my motion um, to have uh, say a, a fencing um, commiserate with uh, city standards or or better, and I think that would need to be reseconded. So I feel like I, I'm I'm following. I've read and I'm lost. I don't know why I'm not comprehending anything today. But so just to make sure, because I I'm you know I like to stay very conscious of what uh, residents send us also. And where I live, somebody put a fence up, and it was a very nice vinyl fence, but it obstructed my view, which really disturbed me. Even to this day, it still disturbs me. So I'm just trying to make sure that I, I'm. Uh, grasping on this. So what we're saying is no masonry fencing. Um, and the other issue that I kind of read from um, Mr. Jones is that it's going to extend all the way to this end of his driveway, right? And that's, that is what the letter would say. Um, in the event that a wall, 
a masonry wall would come up to the roadway. We, there are instances where it would get stepped down so that that vision, that line of sight would not be obstructed. Can I make a comment though? Uh, Ramil's south property line, which is what we're talking about, doesn't come as far as the sidewalk. It really stops about, uh, I'm guessing 10 to 15 feet south of the house. So there's quite a bit of driveway left south of uh, his property line before you get to the street. So, gotcha. uh, so that uh, would not be blocked, at least a portion of it, no matter which uh, solution uh, was the result of the meeting. Uh, if I may jump in, um, I think what I would like to ask at the moment is to um, not to put the uh, masonry wall, which will not uh, interfere with uh, any neighbors or anybody, uh, and give us a chance to try to work it out with the neighbors and come up with something um, that is going to look nice for uh, both both sides and uh, and try to you know put something like that there eventually. Well, that, that's that, that's essentially what the motion is saying. Because yeah. the, motion, the motion is saying we're, we're pr to provide you for relief from the masonry requirement while still requiring uh, a fence, which would would conform to, you know, the city's uh, fencing ordinance. Okay. I have a question for the uh, for for the board then, um, because Ramil is eager to submit for a building permit. And if the new fence is not totally designed or selected yet, um, will that hold him up from obtaining a building permit if we just put some general notation on the, uh, the drawings as to what uh, basically the motion says? Because he wants to move ahead and he may not have the new fence selected. Vermeil will be allowed to submit for submit a building permit for the interior work. However, um, I I would strongly recommend to the ZBA that um, you do put in a timeline, but uh, for Vermeil for your expected um, completion, as would normally happen for any sort of site plan approval, like exterior work that can't be done due to weather, right? Is typically uh, given a deadline of the end of May. Um, and I would say that it would be expected that in order for Ramil to obtain a full certificate of occupancy and begin truly operating on site, he would need to have that fence or what, or the masonry wall, whatever the ZBA decides, those would need to be completed before he would have I think that, received that certificate that of occupancy. Sure. Would I be able to get a partial certificate of occupancy with, because uh, the interior we can go through pretty fast and the weather that, will not permit me to do the fence. That, that's a discussion that you and I can have with the building official after the ZBA meeting if you'd like. Okay. Uh, right now, pretty much we have a couple of uh, uh, either a wood fence or a uh, vinyl fence uh, agreed with the neighbors. We're preferring to go with a vinyl fence which is more expensive, but it will look really, really nice for both sides. 
so those are the our two options. If uh, you uh, we the motion, the motion is for a vinyl fence. Right. We no, not wood. Not. No, it's not. No, it's for a fence. A fence according that 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 complies with our our fencing ordinance. So I, I would recommend that since you're going to give a deviation from the masonry, that you specify the type of fence that you're going to be expecting. I wouldn't leave it open um, because there are there are other materials that may right. not be desirable for for a, a, a commercial residential property boundary. So uh, again, about, if that if that if that's the the pleasure of the zoning board of appeals, I would I would strongly recommend that there be some more specifics and and what the variance is is going to be for. Scott, can I can I make the is it I assume I can make the recommendation to say that it's it's a a, a, a privacy fence, so that would eliminate the other the other types, and that way they could decide whether or not it's wood or vinyl. Yeah, and I, I think you can say a uh, privacy fence made of wood or vinyl. I mean, Ramil has okay. indicated that it's going to be one of those two materials. Um, and so normally, they're, normally that's six feet, right? Correct. Okay, so let me, let me go again with the motion. Um, we'll make a motion to approve the, the, the zoning variance request for the property owner at 272115 uh, Southfield Road to provide relief from the masonry wall requirement and instead uh, use a privacy, uh, six foot privacy fence made of either wood or vinyl. Second. So is there, there's still more discussion because I, in, in, um, I'm, I'm here, I get it. But my concern is when I keep looking at the, the picture and I see that these boxes are showing all the way down to the sidewalk, that really concerns me. And I know what you're, you're saying, Susie, that it was a masonry that'll be stepped down. But just the fact of where this is located at where the driveway is located at and how it's right off, you know, right near Southwell Road. That's where I keep having my paws at. You, you see what I'm saying? If someone's really. backing out their driveway and there is a, you would have to back in your driveway to be able to come out forward to look around the, the fence. Now, but before you shake your head, Bruce, let me yep. finish explaining what I'm saying. I'm looking strictly at what was sent to us in this picture. And I've driven over there, you know, also and, and looked at it and, and picture that. And being someone that's had that issue of offense, it concerns me. And so that I guess is where now you can go ahead and interject. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say that you know he's got the approach in the sidewalk, and then it's it's a clear it's a clear view there, and and then if the fence does go all the way uh, uh, down to where his his driveway ends, it it can be it can be stepped, you know, regular fence can be stepped down as well to to provide to provide the the required visual. And that and that's part of that's currently part of the ordinance. Uh, right. it, it indicates that the fence will not extend the first twenty. So if it's adjacent to an R one parcel, the first twenty feet uh, from the street there can be no fencing, and then the next twenty feet it can be reduced to three feet in height. So yeah, you, you will have that. You will have that clear that clear vision from from his driveway backing out. May I make a comment, please? Uh, in what we submitted, there's an aerial photo. On the aerial photo, I indicate where the existing chain link fence is. And you'll notice where it is relative to the house. And then you see uh, 
how it is relative to the street. It shows up in the aerial photo. So as I mentioned before, it's just past the south wall of the house and between the fence and the street, you probably got another uh, maybe 30 feet or, 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 or more. So what happens south of the property line, uh, the, the uh, residential property owner would have clear vision. Uh, so if I, I may jump in. Aerial, I must not have the aerial photo because it does not show me um, very clearly. It just shows me where the property lines are. Do you and, want me to hold, hold it up? I don't know if it shows. <laughs> it, it's If you're looking at the one that, um, let me see that one again. Kelly, it's on the, it's on page 16 of the ZBA packet. 13, the very 13. I thought it was 13. 13. 13. 13. Uh, if I may make a comment real quick. Uh, Chris is listening to us at the moment. Uh, at the moment right now, his chain link fence is uh, the way I assume he would be okay with the fence going. Um, it, it's not in the way at the moment. Uh, Chris, if you, if you hear us, would the current uh, chain link fence, the way it's sitting, would that line be okay? I mean, uh, well, I guess my, my, to, to add on to that, Ramil, the question for, for the city attorney is the, 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 the fence that they have to put in, does, does, it it, it, does it replace the existing fence or does it have to actually extend beyond the existing fence if it's still part of their property? So, so it still has to comply, it has to comply with the ordinance and all other facets other than what the ZBA grants a variance from. So uh, if, 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 you, if, the Z, if they're requesting that they modify the, the uh, location of the fence, then that, that Again, that wasn't a noticed variance that they're requesting. Uh, I would request that they re resubmit a variance for that portion of the ordinance. But uh, this order, the, this variance is specifically resting, requesting a variance from the building material. Um, again, I, I I don't think it's appropriate to make a, a to grant a variance for something that wasn't requested, especially if it wasn't noticed uh, and given an opportunity for comment on. Right, right. If I can ask again, please. We, we are only requesting variance for the uh, wall that would be required behind his property, up to his property line. Right, right. So, so anything south of where I indicated on that, you said it's on your page 13, is not his property line. His property line comes to uh, right kind of the edge of his parking lot there and all oh, right that is not his property line got it that's why the fence goes in i, I got it i'm tracking okay yep. so the fence may go beyond his property line but uh, my understanding would be he's only obligated to his property not beyond it which yeah. the fence kind of ends currently where my property ends gotcha. yeah because there, there's there, there's a very wide right of way over there right be, so, because of the sidewalk curves around a little bit so right the current channeling fence ends right approximately where the property line ends which would be uh i would assume it's okay just to replace that current channeling fence eventually uh and uh, not really mess with uh blocking chris's uh, chris's uh, exit way of his driveway in right, so it's not going any further. So there's no way it's gonna gonna block his, his vision. Got it. Thank you. 
and that's up to his south property line. So it's yep. not beyond, it's not south of the south property line. So as I've been trying to say here, um, Scott, the, the fence would only be behind the subject site. It would not extend. Correct. And so that is where the existing fence is. I mean, I can't really. Um, yeah, I don't know where the existing fence is. I'm assuming it's on the property line, but I don't, I don't know that for it, a fact. It, it's pretty close. It might be a foot plus or. But you're saying the, the my question is is that the existing fence is the same length as what you're what we're talking about though. That's what I'm asking because that's what Chris is asking. Also, correct. And Chris guess, didn't want it to go. Yes beyond. and no. Is this what right. we're stick with right now? I'm trying to ask only yes and no questions. But so the new fence will replace that shows it. Yeah, I'm not sure what page it is, but it's my label of photo B, and uh, you know, hold it up. It shows the end of the fence. I've got a, it, it shows the end of the fence in the house adjacent to it. Um, so basically it is, as was just described, the end of the fence appears to be at just about the edge of the property line. Okay, well, let's go ahead and just roll call because I, I, I can't <laughs> anymore. Sorry. <laughs> as long as in my brain that that fence doesn't go any further than his property line or where that mm. fence is right now, you're only replacing what the, the existing fence is right now and is not masonry. Let's roll with it. If someone knows that it's any different than what I just said, just shout it out real quick. Otherwise, let's just do the roll call. Roll call, Council Member Siddiqui. And Chris agrees. I'm sorry. Yes. Council Member Ferguson. Yes. Your board members in this meeting. Board Member Garrett. Yes. And Board Member Cantor. Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Um, this is why I'd like to have a printed. Uh, this is painful. Motion to adjourn the ZBA and reconvene as the. Thank you. I found it. Motion to adjourn the uh, ZBA and adjourn. I mean, to. I'll make a motion to uh, adjourn the, the, the ZBA and rejoin the uh, city council meeting. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Do we have to do where we're at again or we're good? No, you're good. Thank you. We're good. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Romeo. Thank you, everybody. All right. Thank you. Have you ever been in a situation where you just feel like, you know, you know you're speaking English, <laughs> but everyone else is maybe, <laughs> you're just like, anyway, consent agenda. Uh, items under consent agenda are routine and non-controversial by the city council, and it'll be approved in one motion. Do I have a motion for the consent agenda? I'll make a motion to approve the consent agenda. Second. It's been moved and second. Is there any discussion about the consent agenda, which I think not? Roll call, please. Council Member Ferguson. Yes. Mayor Garrett. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. And Council Member Siddiqui. Yes. Motion carried to approve the consent agenda. Thank you. Next is the disbursement report. First one up is going to be 
consideration of approval for monthly disbursement reports for the month of January 2021. Um, yeah, I'll let the person yeah. who does the motion read the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll make a motion to approve the, uh, the January 2021 uh, disbursement report for a total of $967,796. Uh, of which approximately 493 are associated with the general fund, uh, $9,600 approximately associated with uh, the major road fund, uh, $9,600 uh, is a spend associated with the local road fund, $16,000 for uh, capital fund uh, expenditures, uh, $14,000 for the uh, Downtown Development Authority, and uh, approximately $424,000 for uh, water and sewer. Second. It's been moved and second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Roll call, Mayor Garrett. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Council Member Siddiqui. Yes. And Council Member Ferguson. Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Um, next is receive and file department reports, which is, um, hmm. We have to do these all in one. We can do these in this one swoop. We don't have to do it's stated differently. I'm just used to certain things. <laughs> it's, it's it's new from from the Muni code. Okay. Um, so next we have the departmental reports. Um, who would like to give a uh, give the motion for it? I'll make a motion to receive and file the departmental reports. Thank you. Second. Been moved and second. Is there any discussion on them? Hearing none, roll call, please. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Council Member Siddiqui? Yes. Council Member Ferguson? Yes. And Mayor Garrett? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> now it's time for the public comment um, section. This is the public comments for items that are on the agenda. If you would like to speak, you are limited to three minutes on topics that are on this evening's agenda. Is there anyone that would like to speak? There's no hands raised. Yes, there's Lachelle Dixon has her hand oh, up. There we go. Um, yes, um, I am speaking on behalf of the, uh, the CDBG, um, public hearing, uh, the program for 2021. Uh, my name is Lachelle. Good evening, everyone. Um, I am a representative from Haven. I want to begin by thanking um, the city of Lathrop Village for all of the help and support that you have given uh, to Haven in the past. As you know, Haven is an agency that works with the issues of intimate partner violence and sexual assault. Uh, your support last year for the 2019-2020 year uh, enabled us to serve five from the city of Lathrop Village. We ask that you continue that support again this year. Our services enable survivors to receive free service and support to heal from the injustice of sexual assault and intimate partner violence. Anyone can become victimized regardless of the race, socioeconomic status, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, culture, education, or religious beliefs. 
Um, most people know we provide emergency shelter to these fleeing deadly situations, but we do um, so much more to help survivors heal through individual and group counseling, legal advocacy, uh, PPO assistance and safety, compassionate forensic exams. Our crisis and support line offers crisis intervention resources and support for concerned individuals and victims 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Haven is especially proud of the growth of our community resource program. This program links survivors back to their communities um, with assistance on housing, jobs, finances, and more. Recently, Haven was awarded a federal grant to fund our first ever transitional housing program. This program will provide low cost transitional housing and supportive services to survivors for up to 24 months. The program will address a critical service gap at Haven where survivors often struggle with steps between their exit from emergency residential shelter and successful obtainment of permanent housing. The end of the cycle of violence, we must set up our survivors for success and your support will help us do just that. However, we understand that you like us have limited resources and unlimited needs in your community. Um, if you were, um, well, basically, I just wanted to say, I want to thank you for listening to us at this moment. And if you have any questions, um, I would be more than happy to answer them at this time. Thank you. Is there any other public comments? I see one more. KT Flan. Catherine Flannery, 18614 Bungalow Drive. Uh, my comment would be that um, I do not approve of the new infrastructure for the water system. I think that the push through on things that with this city council is a bit. Yes. Katie, Katie. That is, Miss um, Flannery, that would, that's not on our agenda this evening. So if you could hold your comment until the portion of the public comment where you can voice um, your opinion about anything else that's not on the agenda. Okay. All right. How long? I, I will wait. Thank you'll you. Hear it. Thank you. Right, thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to speak regarding anything on the agenda this evening? Hearing none, we'll move on from public comments going into the public hearing for the CDBG grant, the uh, Community Development Block Grant Program Year 2021. Um, anyone? Gonna Dr. Cheryl, someone kind of introduce, no? Okay. Well, this is for the funding. This is the public hearing portion? Correct. Okay, so this is for our annual um, appropriation or well, request for appropriation for the community development block grant for this year. That amount is 7,000. If you recall, um, I think the last two years it was approximately 7,001, I think it was 7,157. And we wrote reprogrammed those dollars towards the um, reimbursement for the recreation vehicle that's used primarily will be when we can gather again in a vehicle um, for senior transportation. And I don't 
calls since I've been here that we've um, allocated the funds for Haven. I know we've received the request, but we use it locally for our senior programming. So we did do that um, before. I'm, I can't remember. Is there anyone that would like to speak on during this public hearing? Anyone that would like to speak during the public hearing? Okay, well, let's go right into our um, action requests. Um, first up for consideration of approval is a motion to adopt a resolution for the use of the 2021 Community Development Black Grant. I'll make a motion to adopt. Um to adopt the attached resolution for the 2021 CDBG uh, funds. Second. It's been moved and second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Roll call, Councilmember Council Ferguson. Yes. Mayor Garrett. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Councilmember Siddiqui. Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Um, action item B was um, taken off of um, the agenda, right? Right. Okay. So next is the acceptance of the 20, is this one too? No, see, we keep, uh, uh, sorry. Consideration of approval for the acceptance of 2021 pavement reconstruction program bid and award of contract to Asphalt Specialist Inc. Mayor and council members, this is relative to the street improvement bond funding and we have um, received the six bids and the lowest bid was for asphalt. Asphalt specialist and it was in the amount of 1,167,390. We're anticipating the work will begin on or around May 3rd. As mentioned in the study session, it covers approximately two miles of local roads, including segments of Cambridge, Sunnybrook, Bungalow, Santa Barbara South, Sunset, Avila, Santa Rosa, San Jose, rather, Glenwood West, Wiltshire, and Alhambra. Thank you. We have a motion. Uh... Yeah, hang on, I'm trying to get to. You don't have to be the only person that makes the motions, you know. Yeah, I, I know, I'm hope, I was hoping somebody else would make one while I'm looking. I'm looking for That's what I was kind of, you know, throwing out there. Thank you. The suggested motions on the bottom of page 117 in your packet. Well, I'll make it. A motion to accept the 2021 pavement reconstruction program bids and award the contract to ASI uh, and authorize the mayor and city administrator uh, to sign the contract on behalf of the, the city of Lathrop Village. Second. It's been moved and second. Is there any discussion? Yeah, just one. Uh, well, two, two things I'd like to add. Um, and that's why I was searching for, searching for the page in the document. Um, Cambridge is actually not on the pavement list this 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 year. Um, this, this is the one where we uh, uh, had the, the, the ditch uh, special assessment, but because of the fact that uh, consumers energy needed to move a pipe and couldn't do it this year, uh, we pushed it to, to next year. Um, so that's that's not in there. I just wanted to make make that clear. 
Uh, and also just wanted, wanted to mention, uh, we talked about this in the study session earlier. Uh, one of the great things about uh, the, the bids that we received is they, they came in significantly under the engineer's estimate, which is great news for the city, um, which will give us the ability to actually uh, pave uh, more, work, more, more roadway with this, the same amount of money. Um, and uh, ASI has done done work in the in the city in the past um, on our roads, and and uh, uh, it's it's been been uh, good quality. So so we're we're happy with uh, we're happy with the bid. Hey Bruce, can I interject something? Yeah, uh, Scott Ringler with Giffels Webster. Uh, there is a portion of Cambridge that will be paved this year. That's from Santa Barbara to the west to Rainbow. Oh right, 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 right. I'm I'm sorry. I was I was thinking I was thinking the part that we took off that was uh, west to south, uh, east to Southfield. Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the correction. Any more discussion? Hearing none. Roll call, please. Roll call, Mayor Garrett. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Council Member Sadiq. Yes. Council Member Ferguson. Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Next, we have the Water Service Line Replacement Program subagreement with D'Angelo Brothers Incorporated. Mayor and Council, if you recall, um, the Michigan Eagle Department, what used to be the DNR, has made a requirement for all municipalities relative <laughs> to um, the verification of the water service line material from the water meter in the home out to the water main in the street owned by the city. So as part of that, SACWA has obtained a contract that um, has a beneficial rate for the local communities that participate in that collaborative so that we can subcontract with the, um, the, the company that they awarded the, um, the work to. And that is spelled out in the amended memo that I sent to you. Scott Ringler, our engineer, has estimated that the cost of the service line replacement from the meter to the stop box is about $4,650. On the public side, from the stop box to the water main, it's about $3,505. And if both are required, it will cost $7,255 to do that replacement. And um, related to that is, but not pertinent to this particular contract is the verification um, project that we will be um, contracting with Sunday to do that portion of the project. And so what you have before you is the subcontract with the vendor who's been identified by SACWA as the D'Angelo Brothers Inc. to do our, our project. And I do want to mention to you, um, the anticipation was that it would be paid through the um, Water and Sewer Capital Improvement Fund, but should that not go forward, we still have to do the work and it's going to be reflected on the water bills. So either way, it's going to have an impact on the cost of providing the service to our residents. Make a motion. Yeah. Go for it, Salim. I'll make a motion to approve the water service replacement program and SACWA subagreement with D'Angelo Brothers, Inc. as part of the Water and Sewer Capital Improvement Fund project, authorizing the mayor and, and or city administrator to sign the agreement and related documents on behalf of the city of Labor Village. Second. Second. 
It's been moved and second. Is there any discussion around it? Yeah, I just wanted to make one comment. Um, you know, the 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 contract, the, the discounted rate contract that that we're we're getting for the um, uh, service line replacements, as, as well as the um, you know the 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 material, the, the identification of the the material with with Sunday, um, plus a, a few other things. You know, makes up about two point roughly about 2.5 million of the, of the capital improvement bond. And, and just to be clear, um, this, this 2.5 million are unfunded state mandates. So these are things that we are required by law to do from the state and the state requires us to do it without giving us any finances or any financial assistance to, to, to do these things. And um, I thought that was worth mentioning because that, that's part the reason why this is part of the capital improvement bond that uh, uh, Cheryl just mentioned. Thank you. Any other discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Roll call, Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Council Member Siddiqui. Yes, yes. Member Ferguson. Yes. And Mayor Garrett. Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Next up is the realtor contract for the House in the Woods property. This is a follow-up to the discussion we had in the study session and the, in the previous study session with the realtor, Natasha Hughes-Smith, doing business as Lennon Associates. And this is relative to the services for um, the marketing and selling of the House in the Woods property, also known as 19600 Forest Drive. And she that, that firm would have a 6% commission on the sales price. It's a um, approximately six month um, contract ending August, 2021. There is a $500 fee for the listing of the property that's paid at the um, point of sale. And we have the ability to um, terminate the agreement with seven days notice or immediately for cost. Thank you. All right, I'll make a motion to approve the independent contractor agreement for the real estate services with Natasha Hughes-Smith. D, B, and A, Lynn, and Associates for the property at 19600 Forest Drive, Lathrop Village, Michigan, 48076, AKA House in the Woods property, and authorize the mayor and or city administrator to sign the agreement and, and related documents. Second. It's been moved and second. Can you do a roll call, please? Yes, roll call. Council Member Siddiqui? Yes. Council Member Ferguson? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. And Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Uh, next is the intergovernmental agreement for lockup services between City of Berkeley and City of Lathrop Village. Mayor and Council members, this is the contract renewal that we have with the City of Berkeley for those jail services. Um, the last one began on, began on 2018, it was for three years. There was a one-year extension. This one will be for the three years and the contracted rate of $100 per prisoner remains the same. Thank you. I'll make a motion for renewal of the intergovernmental agreement for lockup service between city of Berkeley and the city of Lathrop Village and authorize the mayor and or city administrator to sign the agreement and related documents on behalf of the city of Lathrop Village. Second. Second. It's been moved and seconded. 
uh, roll call. I mean, is there a discussion? <laughs> Any discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Roll call, Council Member Ferguson? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. And Council Member Siddiqui? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you very much. Next, we have the fiscal year 2021-22 budget amendment for the Downtown Development Authority, the DDA. Ms. Susie, or no? Pam? Sure. I could talk <laughs> anyway. Um, so uh, January 15th, uh, the DDA uh, approved a series of budget amendments um, surrounding staff reorganization and cost share um, items identified in the cost share agreement that was also approved at that meeting. So these budget amendments reflect those changes. Thank you. I have one comment. The um, it should be 2020-2021 fiscal year. Yes. Okay. I got a typo. Darn it. I did. <laughs> All right. I'll make a motion to approve the fiscal year 2020-2021 budget amendment for the DDA as presented. Second. second. Been moved and second. Is there any further discussion or discussion period? <laughs> Hearing none. Roll call, please. Roll call, Mayor Garrett. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Council Member Siddiqui. Yes. And Council Member Ferguson. Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Um, next is the restaurant relief interlocal agreement with Oakland County. Uh, this is another DDA, uh, another DDA thing. Um, as part of Oakland County's uh, restaurant relief. A grant program that targeted specifically the restaurants in um, Oakland County. This agreement is required um, for us to uh, get the funds as dispersed and the city was awarded $34,295. Um, that will be distributed in the form of uh, reimbursements to six eligible restaurants. Uh, we've also um, we'll be getting some patio heaters uh, to help supplement uh, the heat at our Fireside Fridays, which is sort of our answer to the social district since our corridor is not set up um, in the traditional downtown form. And that'll also allow us to get some hand uh, sanitizing, sanitizing stations uh, to be installed at Municipal Park uh, near the playground and again at the pavilion. So. Uh, and finally, we are going to be partnering with Giffels and we're hoping to design um, patio spaces, outdoor dining spaces for these restaurants, should they be interested. And this is, uh, like I said, a requirement of the county um, that council takes action to designate Mia Cheryl as the signature. Thank you. All right. I'll make a motion to approve the restaurant relief interlocal agreement with Oakland County authorizing the mayor and or Susie Steck, Director of Community and Economic Development, to sign the agreement and related documents on behalf of the city of Lathrop Village. Second. It's been moved and second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Roll call, Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. Council Member Siddiqui? Yes. Council Member Ferguson? Yes. Mayor Garrett. Yes. 
Motion carried. Thank you. Next, your your town publication, ad policy and rates. Thank you. Um, if you recall, in the previous budget, I had suggested that we reduce the number of publications of the Your Town um, magazine that goes to every household. And there was considerable pushback on that. So um, we, we are keeping to the four editions a year. We are trying to streamline it as well as trying to find um, less expensive ways to produce it. But one of the other suggestions was that we uh, we offer the opportunity for people to place ads in the your town. Um, and so what you have before you is the policy and the suggested rates in order to do that. The staff would maintain editorial control so that we could determine if it's appropriate and how many ads we would have in the magazine, as well as we would not permit political campaigns or candidates to have advertisements or anything that was featuring um, the use or distribution of alcohol or cannabis products. And another note is that um, we would extend to our community organizations who are 501c3 organizations a 10% rate discount. Thank you. I make a motion to approve the Your Town publication ad policy and rates as attached. Second. It's been moved and second. Uh, is there any discussion? Yeah, just one question. Does tobacco, is tobacco included in that no advertisement policy? I haven't considered it, but I gladly would add it. Okay. Um, that would be tobacco and or vaping products. Maybe we should expand it a little bit. Okay. And maybe alcohol. Oh, yeah. yeah. She said that already. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Oh, alcohol or I heard this word cannabis, sorry. Yep. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Ian. Any further discussion? Hearing none, uh, roll call, please. Roll call, Council Member Siddiqui. Yes. Council Member Ferguson. Yes. Mayor Garrett. Yes. And Mayor Pro Tem Cantor. Yes. Motion carry. Thank you. Next is the fiscal year 2021-22 budget calendar and goal setting session. So these are the dates that are proposed for us to discuss the budget this year. Yes, and these were presented initially at one of your study sessions. So these are the dates that are being proposed and we, we are more coordinated so that we should receive the DDA budget as well as from the Planning Commission, their um, capital improvement plan um, proposals prior to the adoption of the budget. And the one thing I do need um, some guidance from you is on if you want a goal setting session and when you would like that to be. So the um, date that I had included in the calendar is March 15th, but you can let me know if it's a different date or even if it's a Saturday so that we can go ahead and get that scheduled. March 15th is one of our, um, is our- um, It's a meeting, isn't it? Day, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. But that's gonna be where you're gonna have the study session and a meeting, so we wouldn't be limited on the discussion for an hour. Unless you started earlier. Right, just making clarification of that one. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm fine either way. Starting earlier or doing it on a different day. How much earlier, like five o'clock or so? Is an hour enough? Well, I will be honest that um, mine is gonna have to be after five. So, I mean, it, yeah. I won't be joining until about 5.30 just to be on the safe side. I mean, I think for me, and this is not speaking for anyone else, 5.30 would be a safer time. So we need more time than that. And if, if there's anybody else that has that same thing, then maybe we should uh, consider another day. Yeah, another day. Yeah, yeah I agree. So do you want us to try a doodle poll and come up with a date then? Okay. Just yeah. give us three, um, three dates as you normally do, even if it has to be on a um, Saturday. Okay. Right. Okay. So I'll make a motion to approve the fiscal year 2021-2022 budget calendar as presented and scheduled the, the council's goal setting session for, for the determined date at the determined time after the, the doodle uh, poll. Second. It's been moved and second. Is there any discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Roll call, Council Member Ferguson? Yes. Mayor Garrett? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Cantor? Yes. And Council Member Siddiqui? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you. Um, going into the City Administrator reports. Port. Thank you. Um, couple things. I know people have been contacting us in regards to their water bills, and uh, there may be some fluctuations, which is why we are scheduling to have some of the water meters tested. And we have a sufficient number of volunteers now. It was slow going at first, but um, we have them. So we'll get those scheduled and contact the residents relative to when those um, examinations will be. And um, to let everyone know that we're short two staff persons. So basically, Pam is doing now five jobs, and she's also taking the calls relative to anything related to water bills and poverty tax bills. So although she's responding to the calls, they may not get it that same day. So at least allow to the next business day for those calls to be returned. And I wanted to let everyone know that the um, there is now a PSA that's been produced relative to reminding people to keep their dogs on leashes, as well as to um, bag the dog poo while they're out there or they are subject to receiving tickets. We're getting a lot of complaints, but we also have to see it when it happens in order to take it. But if people will be responsible, that would be most helpful. And in regards to the ads in the open press versus the um, Southfield Sun, we will be utilizing the Southfield Sun whenever the timing permits. Sometimes it's just a matter of when we receive the information and when we are required to publish it. If in the Southfield Sun only, only publishes once a week. So with, if that timing doesn't work, we cannot use that and be in compliance. But whenever it does work, we will continue to use the Southfield Sun for public notices. They're also on our website and typically in our e-newsletter and we try to get the word out there every way we can. Thank you. Um, City Attorney. Nothing for me. Yours is always so easy. 
Um, the reports of boards, commissions, and committees. Uh, Bruce, for the planning commission. Yeah, just not a lot to report. I mean, just we're continuing to move forward on the comprehensive plan. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, because we had the ZBA uh, uh, board meeting, uh, uh, ZBA board meeting tonight, uh, we had recently approved uh, uh, as a planning commission the, the site plan for uh, Ramil. And now he, uh, the variance that he requested has also been approved. Thank you. Uh, Sakra, final quarterly report. Sakra and Sakwa, um, final quarterly report. There's nothing in particular to update you on. They um, are anticipating the two percent increase in the um, in the rates that they charge us, and that's probably the main thing. That's the increase that we should see in 2021-22 next year. It depends on when they decide to start it. Um, this past year, they delayed the start several months because they, they just know it's just difficult. Okie dokie. Thank you. Um, unfinished or new business? Anyone? Okay. Um, all right, I'll go here. Um, so, so the mayor um, has has asked me to um, make some some comments and some some statements here. Um, as uh, council knows, uh, as we've discussed this a little bit, uh, there's there's been a ton of comments lately over the last two, uh, two or three weeks over over social media regarding uh, transparency, regarding city finances, uh, regarding the capital improvement bond. Uh, a lot of the information that, that's been out there is incorrect, or in some instances, it's factual, but it's been misinterpreted or, or distorted to uh, make an argument. And as a result, we have a, a lot of riled up residents um, and you know the temperature is, is, is rising. So um, the mayor again has asked me to take about 10 minutes to discuss some of the things that we've noticed online um, and, and talk about them. Uh, the first issue is, is one of, of transparency. So um, in every city board, every city forum, our committee meetings, our council meetings, DDA, uh, all of them, um, you know, we actively solicit residents to participate, share their ideas and, and promote um, differing points of views. And to facilitate this, we, we try to be as sensitive as possible uh, to being, being transparent and making documents available and so forth. Um, many of the, the, the recent comments um, have indicated that the uh, capital improvement bond uh, was made under the cover of darkness. Um, you know, it was it was done in secret. It was, you know, done over in a short period over the holiday season, so people wouldn't be aware of it and, and so forth. And none of this could be could be any further from 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 the truth. I mean, first and foremost, we've been talking about these systems for over two years now, uh, informally, and on a formal basis, we've been talking in detail about these. Um, uh, systems for, for, for the last four months. Um, there have been at least a dozen public meetings uh, on this, 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 the capital improvement bond. Uh, we had three infrastructure meetings. We had four council meetings, uh, two of, I'm sorry, four, four city council study sessions where it was discussed. We had two uh, city council meetings uh, where we went into the uh, issues and the, the, the tenants of the um, capital improvement bond in ad nauseum detail. Um, it was discussed at, at two planning commission meetings, and then we had one dedicated town hall uh, to, to the subject. And all of these events um, 
were advertised on the city website, uh, almost always on the front page and often on the pop-up that you have to click through in order to get to the, uh, to get to the, uh, the actual web website itself. So there was advertised there. Um, we advertised it on our Facebook site. Uh, it's was put in our weekly E, e uh, our city, sorry, our weekly city E newsletter, uh, which goes out to a thousand, a thousand residents. Uh, it was it's put out on the villagers Facebook page and, and so forth. And then in addition to to all those those opportunities, um, you know, to to become engaged and and learn about uh, the proposal, um, we posted all the videos from those meetings uh, on Facebook, on YouTube. And for those residents that don't have access to the internet, we put them on uh, public access TV, uh, where a lot of those meetings are, are, are shown five times a day. So to give, give residents uh, ample opportunity to keep uh, engaged and find out what's going on. And, and lastly, all the documents from all those meetings are available to any resident who walks up to the counter at City Hall uh, at, at any time. So, um, so short of taking people by hand uh, and, and bringing them to the meetings, um, we're not really sure how we could have been uh, more transparent uh, during the last four months during, during this particular uh, process. Um, every effort uh, was made to be transparent, as I just noted, um, and to make information available and, and to give residents an opportunity uh, for input and to shape the, the, the bond proposal. Very similar to what we did with the road project, where a lot of the ideas that came from the attendees of our, our, our meeting last uh, our, meet, our meetings that led up to the last November road proposal that was uh, that was approved came from residents who came to the meeting. Um, however, um, you know, transparency is really a two-way street, and and being an informed resident requires an actual effort, you know, to seek out this information and stay engaged. And and you know, council and our committee finds it very disheartening that you know the efforts of of so many to improve the community. Uh, are being attacked by residents, not by uh, based on the actual tenants of, of the solution, um, but rather due to their anger over you know supposed secrecy, um, which very easily could have been avoided um, you know by making an effort to to stay engaged because because the information was was definitely out there. Um, another topic, and and Cheryl, uh, the city administrator, kind of alluded to this a minute ago, um, that that you know helped you know feed this this secrecy theory was. Uh, with respect to um, publishing the notice of intent, uh, where we published it in the Oakland Press instead of the Southfield Sun. Um, again, this was not, as Cheryl mentioned, this was not done as a nefarious plot, um, you know, but but rather for a few specific reasons. And I don't think Cheryl mentioned this, but one, the, the Oakland Press is, is much cheaper than the Southfield Sun. So it's, it's a cost savings measure. But second, and, and, and much more importantly, um, as Cheryl mentioned, it's it's the issue of timing because the Oakland, Oakland Press only publishes uh, the Oakland Press publishes daily, but the Southfield Sun only publishes once a week. So the Oakland Press is much more flexible to meet our, our, our legal posting timing requirements. You know, if we miss, as Cheryl said, if we miss the Sun's deadline, we have to wait, uh, you know, for a full week before we can post again. And unfortunately, it doesn't always, uh, you know, the, the, the rate at which we move doesn't always meet the requirements of, of the, the, the Southfield Sun. And in fact, the um, you know, the ZBA meeting that we had earlier today was an example of that will be posted in the, the, the Oakland press. And as, as uh, our attorney indicated in the uh, study session, he's been here, I think he said eight or 10 years or something like that. I don't remember what the time frame, but, but since he's been here, we've always used the, the Oakland press because of this, this reason. So um, the, the Oakland press and, and publishing the notice of intent, you know, is a legal requirement um that is posted in the newspaper but as i said earlier there were at least a dozen other opportunities for people to learn about 
uh, the capital improvement bond, uh, you know, other than the, the official posting. Um, other negative comments that, that we heard a lot of were, was that the town hall was, was after the council approved the notice of intent. Um, this was actually by design. Um, you know, we had a dozen opportunities for residents to learn about the capital improvement bond, but we, we put the town hall after not only to educate the residents on, on, on the details of, of the proposal, um, but also to uh, inform them of the notice of intent so that they were so that they were aware and could exercise their right of referendum if they so choose. And, and I believe, you know, residents tried to tried to do that um, uh, as well. So um, so it, that was that was on purpose because we wanted to make sure that you knew about the notice of intent. So again, and I, I this is sounding like a broken record, but there, there were many earlier opportunities that residents had um, to learn about and influence the bond proposal. And then the last thing I just want to mention about the um, the bond proposal, um, you know, the, the, the only comments that we heard um, that were critical of the proposal itself was that it wasn't taking a coordinated holistic approach. And, and, and if you took the time to read the, uh, the document or, or attend the town hall or watch it on video, you know that, that that's just simply not true. I mean, th th this is exactly why we put all of the, the, the water-related projects and all the sewer related project into one single project so that we could take a, a, a very coordinated approach towards solving these problems. Um, an approach that that will ensure that residents are disrupted as little as possible and it will ensure that we don't have to do, you know, rework, um, you know, as where, where systems are, are adjacent to one another. And it also uh, ensures that we have the, the lowest cost possible. And a great example of that is when we talk about this this summer's uh, uh, road paving. So those streets that are being paved, all of these projects are going to be coordinated along with the paving of those streets. So for example, the gate valves on all of those water mains associated with those streets that are getting repaved uh, are going to be replaced. Uh, the fire hydrants on those streets are going to be replaced. On those streets, all of the homes will undergo material uh, service line identification, which basically means we're gonna dig a trench, unfortunately at the stop box in front of everybody's sidewalk to dig down five feet and verify the material of the, the pipe that comes into your stop box and then leaves the stop box and goes into your home. Um, so again, we're gonna do all of that, um, you know, in, in conjunction with the roads. Uh, there are seven culverts that have been identified, and those will be replaced in conjunction with, with the, this overall project. Ditch repair, and, and the list goes on. So it's a very, very highly coordinated approach. Um, same thing, another example, the streets that are, that are being paved next year, uh, some of those streets are having their water mains replaced this year so that we don't have to dig up the street twice. We don't have to disrupt, um, or, or I'm sorry, we don't have to dig up the, the newly, newly poured uh, uh, asphalt. So those are some of the comments that I was asked to make about the, um, the capital improvement bond. There were a few other issues um, that we wanted to address as well, um, mostly with respect to uh, financial issues. So th there have, have been several comments um, made that the city is not acting in behalf of its residents and not acting as a responsible fiduciary with, with, with city funds. Um, and what I find very interesting is that the examples that are being quoted for the most part are actually, if you actually dig down to learn about the finances associated with those examples, um, it's quite the opposite. They're, they're, they're great examples of how the, the city is, is, um, 
illustrating the, its financial responsibility to the residents. So the first example is that, you know, it, it's been cited many times that the city gave out raises while, while asking residents to contribute more, um, you know, when that money could have been spent on other projects. Um, while it's true, um, you know, the, the raises themselves are actually a dramatic cost savings measure for the city. So uh, many of you probably don't know, but but our, our city manager works on average between 60 and 80 hours a week, and it's usually closer to the 80 than it is to the 60. Um, and there's significantly more work that she has to do because of COVID, um, as, as well as uh, significantly more work due to uh, all of these different projects that are taking place that need to be managed. Um, so as a council, uh, we've been talking for almost two years now about hiring an assistant city manager uh, position. And what we, what we talked about recently and approved is rather than spending $80,000 plus benefits um, annually on, on a new assistant manager position, what we did is we reorganized uh, the department. And what we did is we offloaded some of her responsibilities um, to existing employees, which has many benefits. First, first off, it gives growth opportunities for those individuals. It gives them more responsibility. Um, and it results in, in significantly less turnover, which has been a big problem in our office because people get to a certain point and they leave. And when they leave, that costs the city a lot of money to replace that person. Um, so yes, you know, the, the city portion of, of the raises cost us $19,000 a year, but that's saving the city well over $60,000 per year. So again, a little digging, you know, you can get to, you can get to the facts. Um, a second area, uh, was that's been quoted often is that the city wasted $54,000 on a new passenger van, you know, and that money could have been put towards gate valves and, and fire hydrants and, and, and so forth. And again, you have to do a little bit of digging to, to find out what's going on there. So the city had $40,000 of community development block grants and smart grants. And the, the stipulations behind those grants is that they're spent on senior programs and transportation. So we, we, our hands were tied with what we spent that money on. We couldn't spend it on a water main or you know, a, a gate valve or any of these other you know, sexy, sexy fixes. Um, so we used that grant opportunity and put a little bit of budgeted funds uh, that we budget towards recreation and, and, and senior, uh, seniors um, to purchase this van, which now dramatically uh, expands our ability to provide services to seniors and to, to provide additional rec recreational opportunities for residents. So again, um, you know, I, I think that's a, an example of fiscal responsibility, not fiscally wasting dollars. And then lastly, um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of digs taken towards our city manager um, about uh, 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 that we're giving, we gave her, we re rewarded her with a, a, a new $400 car allowance. Um, first off, the car allowance was part of her uh, compensation package from day one. This is a standard benefit um, that's offered to city managers. In fact, if you go out to the Michigan Municipal League and you look up Oakland County, you'll see that half the cities out there, um, you know, provide a, a car allowance uh, or a car to the, to the city manager. Um, and, and those that don't, according to the MML, uh, typically build that um, that stipend into the salary of the, of the city manager. So this is a standard benefit. And this is not something new for Lathrop. Lathrop has done this for a very long time. Um, all the previous city managers actually, uh, for the most part, got a car. Um, but several years ago, the city decided that it was too expensive to maintain a car and instead went for a cost savings measure 
and switched over to uh, providing a car allowance, which is a cheaper alternative to, to satisfy the, the, the same goal. So again, uh, not, a new, not a new thing at all for the city manager. This is something that we've been doing for a very long time. Um, there were a lot of other things that were, were mentioned. Uh, I'm not going to go into them all. I know there's a lot of people who, who want to make public comments, and we definitely do want to hear the public comments. But basically, the moral of the story, you know, is, is get involved, get, get engaged so you know what's going on. You know, if you have questions, contact a council member, um, you know, attend the meetings. We, you, we reach out. We want people to attend the meetings. We have trouble getting people there. Um, but when, when, when they're there, we come up with better solutions um, as evidenced by the last road proposal. Um, watch the videos, check the city website every, every once in a while. Uh, it's a great place to find out what, what, what's going on. Um, watch the, the local access TV, stay engaged. And if you do that, you're not gonna miss these things like, like you know, big things like the capital improvement bond. Um, so, so social media is great. Um, you know, for a lot of things, but, but it's really not the best place, you know, to get uh, some of your information on these things. And then the, the last thing I just want to reiterate since um, mentioning social media here again, um, because I think people need to be reminded, um, the, the, the city's, or I'm sorry, the, the villagers Facebook page is not an official city site. Um, in fact, our, our legal counsel has advised the council members not to post on, on the site. Um, the city does post on occasion, you know, when we, we have things to announce or to say, and we will on occasion, uh, the city will, will comment on, on threads if there's some factual information that, that, that's needed or a correction that's needed. But the city is not going to get involved, you know, with, with some of these um, emotional uh, and, and, and sometimes contentious, you know, conversations on, on, on Facebook. It's not the forum for that. You know, today, what's going to happen in a minute with the public, the public comment, this is the forum for people to, to talk about those things. So um, again, um, you know, the mayor wanted me to, to, to address some of these concerns. I'm happy to do it. Um, and, you know, we're happy to take public comment. And if anybody has any questions on any of the, the information that I just uh, spoke on, email me, bcantor at latherbillage.org, call me, whatever. So um, with that, I think uh, the mayor is going to open up public comment. Wow. Okay. So. Uh... <laughs> I was going to ask Salim or Ian, is there anything unfinished or new business before um, before we go into um, public comment? Yeah, just for me. So I, I posted the, the the water water service line um, link and or website. So most of you who are online right now, if you haven't done the survey, please take the time to do it. Please take the time to verify if your service line is either copper or galvanized. It's very simple to do. You can copy the link that's in the chat and then you could go online and just go through that NPR survey, be no issue. Um, one other observation, Bruce. So uh, many people really don't realize what a, what a uh, gate valve does. And oh, sure. right, now, <laughs> right now our gate valves that have been well over 30 years old don't work. So the gate valve basically is cutting off water when you need to service certain parts of the water main. So Bruce, I'm not going to steal your thunder. Go ahead. Yeah, let me let me let me, I'll, I'll comment on that, Ian. So so the gate valves, most of the gate valves were put in around 1920 and have about a 50 year life. So um, they're 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 well past their prime. 
uh, as Ian said, they, they can't, uh, a lot of times they can't turn the gate valves off when there's a water main break. As, as you know, I think we've had five water main breaks in the last week and a half or two weeks. Um, and, you know, what happens is they, they can't turn the water off. So a lot of times they have to fix these, these uh, uh, gate valves or fix the water main uh, under pressure, which is, which is dangerous. We, we lose a lot of water, uh, which city residents have to pay for uh, and so on. And, and I think it's, I'll be real quick here, Mayor, because uh, I know we got a lot of people to talk and, um, but, but I think this is a really uh, um, illustrative story of the problems that we have. So last, I think it was last summer, um, we had a water main break. And so the, the Sunday services needed to turn the water off to, um, you know, this is an eight inch, an eight inch pipe. Uh, broke and so they needed to turn the water off so they they went and they searched out for the gate valves so the gate valves aren't always they're, they're not right there with a sign that says gate valve a lot of times they're they're landscape people landscape over them the grass grows over them weeds whatever uh, they need to be dug out so they found that they found the first gate valve up the line and they dug it out and sure enough like most of our gate valves they don't work so they they tried to get it up get the gate valve out took them about 10 minutes or so to do that so then they spent another 10, 15 minutes finding the next gate valve. That one didn't work. They went to the next one, another 10, 15 minutes. That one didn't work. They had to go to 15 gate valves upstream before they found a gate valve that they could actually partially shut so that they could, they could um, you know, fix that, that water main. Now think about that. That's, that's an eight inch main that's gushing water full stream for probably a couple hours. And again, that, that, that a massive amount of water loss is something that then gets added back to the costs of our water system because it has to be paid for. So, um, you know, so it's a good point, Ian, to, to, for me to remind me to explain what a gate valve is because it, 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 they're, they're, not, they're not sexy. No, nobody, nobody wants to pay for maintaining a gate valve. But, um, you know, it's an, it's an unfortunate part of our infrastructure that, that needs to work, so. Yeah, that's that's all for me. I, you know, I just want to thank everyone that even reached out to even ask questions regarding uh, the infrastructure. And and I just want to make this last statement here, Mayor. You know, everyone on council that you see before you, we're totally available. You have our phone numbers. You have our email. You know, please reach out. Reach out. Try to touch base with us if you have any concerns. Um, you're not going to resolve anything online. You got to go to the source and get the information. So. That's all I have, thanks. Thank you. Um, Salim, did you have no, anything? No, okay. I'm good. Thank you. Now going into the public comment, I just looked at the agenda and I see that we do not have the time on here. And usually this particular public comment is two minutes, but I know that um, I'm looking at everyone that's in the audience. And so if you've been here since the beginning and you saw that the public comment earlier was three minutes, I am just going to go with the fact that we're just going to stick to three minutes and going forward, just make sure that we have two minutes on that second public comment. Okay. Right. Two minutes or three minutes yeah, okay. today only yeah. because it was not on the agenda. And I don't want to, anyone to think that we're not trying to yep. hear anything. So anyone that wants to speak, we had Ms. Flannery who was holding, and then I see Mary Lewis second. So Ms. Flannery, you are up first. And if someone could start the timer when she starts speaking, that'd be perfect. Well, my comment is that, you know, Bruce commented on how it was posted in the uh, Oakland Press. 
uh, not in the Southfield Sun, but what about the R-Town that goes to every single resident in the village? I'm looking at the fall edition where there is an infrastructure committee update. It talks about the street improvement bond, but not one word about the water infrastructure and nothing in the winter edition. I, I don't understand why it's not sent to every single person in the R-Town. That's something that goes to every single house. Nobody has to dig deep. Nobody has to log on to the internet. Nobody has to hope that they have cable because they don't have a job because it's a pandemic and people are without money and can't pay for the internet or cable and they rely on information that is mailed to their home. We have a lot of elderly residents who don't utilize that information. There's a lot of people impacted by a pandemic. And not only did we approve a major bond, now you're also adding on $5.38 million to an already overtaxed tax community. We're one of the highest tax communities in the state. This should have been addressed along with the roads and, and somehow intertwined with the roads, not two separate things. One where you have the roads that you guaranteed aren't gonna go to anything else but the roads. So you can't even pull from that to a, to a water infrastructure that also needs assistance. Bad move, bad move during a pandemic where people are not getting the information, in my opinion. Disappointed. That is all I have to say. Thank you. Next is, um, you reset it, thank you. Mary Lou? Unmute, okay, sorry. Okay, hi everybody. Mine's gonna be short. I just wanted to say, unfortunately, Katie, the opposite as you, I think you guys have done an extraordinary job making the information available, especially during a pandemic. And like you, Katie, I um, don't have cable, so I don't have any of this information, but I'm always on the internet. I love to read everything else. But what I found particularly helpful was the YouTube video about the explanation about some of these things. If I don't understand it, I'll listen to it again. I know all these people, the, the familiar voices of the petition signers or headers of all this stuff, but the reality of it is the stuff is available online and it's easy to understand. And if I don't understand, I call somebody for clarification, but I don't get my information from some of the cast of characters that have stirred up chaos before I want peace in the kingdom and I don't know and Cheryl shoot man I had to reach out to her personal number to get some information about you know a flood I had in my basement and she was great she gave me information I needed Bruce is always you know really pretty good about responding and and I reach out to some of my pretty knowledgeable people so when I find a video that's helpful I post it on the villagers page and say hey did you read this and then I can see on YouTube, only 143 people watched the video that pretty much explained everything you explained today. So as far as I didn't read the actual petition, but I didn't agree with it because I kept thinking, well, it makes sense to me. This stuff's got to be addressed. So anyway, good job. Thanks. I appreciate it. I voted y'all in. So you're doing your job as far as I'm concerned. So thanks. Yay team. That's all. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is there anyone else that wants to make a comment? 
if you want to, you can raise your hand or write something in the chat. Um, while we're waiting for, uh, see if someone else is gonna raise their hand, just wanna acknowledge that I have received three public comments from Karen Miller. Um, and is there any, nope, I got one hand up. I'm not sure who that is. Kaylin Danforth. Can you unmute her? Oh. Hello. Hi, I just wanted I just wanted to reiterate my comment that I had in the study session, um, just in case anybody else was feeling the same way. And my comment, just to summarize it, was um, I appreciate you guys being accessible. Um, I believe that myself and some others who I've spoken to had kind of an issue with the accessibility is great, but I didn't really feel welcome uh, when I did express my opinion. I expressed my concern about the ballet school in private with Cheryl and on the at a city council meeting. And I didn't really feel like it was very welcome. So um, I think that the, the accessibility that you all obviously try very hard to have would go a lot farther if people felt um, a little more welcome. That's all. I'm, I'm glad that you spoke up because actually um, between our last call, um, like I said to you before, very disappointed if no one followed up with you. And I was sent something back and it appears, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's three communications between you and um, the city administrator. And then you all had lunch on March 3rd at noon. So Help. I'm just trying to understand what is, you know, how could we do something different in that situation? That is true. We had email communication and we had lunch. Um, I was trying not to get personal, but the lunch was very awkward and I felt like I was pulling uh, teeth trying to get Cheryl to talk to me. I can appreciate that. Now, my thing is, as a council, we can only make sure that everybody that's in the administration responds. And that's that's what our expectation is as a council. Um, and from what I, what we put in place, I see that she did and even went so much to have um, lunch. Now, what we can do as, you know, the, I don't wanna say that word, um, as the people that kind of are over um, our city administrator, we can only coach to behavioral. But the fact is what our, our focus is on, um, what our expectations are, which are respond to our residents. And at this time, I see that she did more than once. And I apologize if it was awkward. And you know, um, she and I can talk about that later. But I just, you know, that's I, I just wanted to show you that we on the council are very serious about uh, the response. I've been on this council for 10 years and we didn't respond as fast before. So I take that very um, serious. And if you have any other problems, just please make sure that you reach out to me and then you know we can talk, we can talk further if you like. I do understand and I, I was notified that uh, it has actually been addressed with her previously. So there's there's no need to address it again if it's already been addressed. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Is there um, anyone else that wanted to speak? Do you see any more hands, anyone? Okay, um, I accidentally closed my agenda. <laughs> Wait, did um, Kelly? I, huh? Did Did you say that there were there were public comments to be read in the record or no? Well, I was just told I had to acknowledge them. Do you want me to read them? 
I don't. Uh, Scott, what do yeah, you have? I think I think you should any any written correspondence okay. should be read into the into the meeting record okay. so that it's incorporated as part of it. Okay, so the first one is from Karen Miller. Um, this evening it is. Oh my goodness, I can't read this. Six, 69 homes have sold in the past year, many far above the previous assessed values, also lifting the caps on the taxable values. What is being done with the additional revenue? The second one from Karen Miller. I brought up the issue with the water system during the first road millage campaign. I was told there was no issue and or the money was in the budget to cover everything. Why wasn't the entire infrastructure system looked at holistically and a comprehensive plan developed to bring to the voters? Some residents will now be paying for sidewalk repairs, ditch repairs, the road millage, and the capital improvement bond. What are you going to hit us with next that we won't have input on? Kelly, I, when, when, you're, when you're done with the third one, I'd like to address the second one. Um, third comment um, from Karen Miller. Almost 200 signatures were collected, most of them in the past five days, asking you to put the five, five point, sorry, five point $38 million bond on the ballot. The whole process was cumbersome and lacked transparency. By the time we figured everything out, there wasn't enough time left to collect 390 signatures. Are you just going to blow off the concerns of 200 residents? Because as Mr. Cantor said during the study session, if everything has to go before the voters, you wouldn't get anything done. And that's all I have. Okay, so a uh, couple of couple of comments there. So um, first off, and I, I've read I've read some of this some of the some of those same comments on online. I chose not to address them, you know, when you had me make make some comments. But since they were brought up, um, the first thing I'm going to say, uh, which is in direct contradiction of of the the, the second comment, is um, and and you can go back and look on the the the, the, the town hall videos for the, the last few years. It was never, ever said that the water system was fine. Um, we said that the sewer system was in good shape, but you know this is something that we talk about regularly in the last two years in the in the um, uh, infrastructure study infrastructure study group. It was also brought up many times in the eleven town halls I did on the first um, infrastructure. I'm sorry, in the first road proposal that was voted down. It was also brought up a few times. I think on the I think on the um uh second second uh road road proposal that passed um you know it is possible i i know at, at one point um uh i i did have a, a a question or a conversation with uh karen miller where it's possible she may have misunderstood something i said um which was uh talking about uh why we had gone with the roads first as the infrastructure committee which was basically because a that's what people were vocally complaining about regularly. Um, and the fact that, um, you know, we had a major water, a three major three year water project that was going on on Santa Barbara um, and some of the other uh, related uh, adjacent streets. And so what I what I did say to her is that we started with the the um, uh, the roads because 
Santa Barbara was being worked on. We have a we have a major project going on there, and and so we've got some time there. But I never ever said that those the the, the water system was in good shape. I never would have. Um, you know, I've been saying over and over and over again that the water system was put in in the twenties, has a fifty year life, and uh, um, you know we're we're about about double the life of the expected life of the water system. Um, and then regarding the, the last comment, I'll make the same comment. And I think Salim was a little bit more blunt about this um, than, than, than I'll be, but uh, um, you know, uh, the, the comment we made in the study session was, you know, the, the, the voters you know, elected the five of us as council to make these kinds of decisions. Um, again, we were not comfortable you know, just doing this, this, making some of these big decisions on our own. So what we wanted to do is form a study group, which was the infrastructure study group, which researched uh, to death these issues um, and put together, you know, some some recommendations. Uh, public input was was suggest or was um, was sought out. So, for example, in the capital improvement bond, I talked a few minutes ago that there were a dozen meetings. So, you know, to, to kind of quote Salim or paraphrase Salim earlier, if you didn't come to one of those meetings, that's on you. That's not on us. Um, you know, we made those meetings, we had many of those meetings, we made, we advertised them in multiple places. You know, you keep saying that, well, not everybody has internet. Well, you know what? Um, we, you know, we put things out on, uh, on uh, TV, you know, the well, Lather Village Public TV. Um, and, you know, if somebody doesn't have TV, I'm sure people will say that, you know, as a responsible citizen, you need to know what's going on in your neighborhood. And as I said earlier, you need to take an active role in learning what's going on in, in your community. And so if you don't have any of those things, it's your responsibility once in a while to go up to City Hall and say, hey, what's going on? Or contact Celine, contact Kelly, contact myself or Ian or Donna and, and say, hey, can, could we talk for five minutes? What's going on? Well, you know, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. But, but to say that you, know, you didn't have time, I mean, we, we published um, a notice of intent. Uh, we you know, we had a, a town hall specifically to let people know that the, the, the notice of intent took place. Um, so, so to say that, that, you know, you didn't have time or that you didn't know about it, it's just disingenuous. Um, you know, it, it's, it is, uh, you know, it, it, I'm sorry you don't like, you know, people don't like, you know, the, the, the additional money. You know, I don't like it either. We're all, we're all taxpayers. We're all affected by this too. But we've got some really, really big problems. Like I said, we had five water main breaks in the last in the last two weeks. So you know, I mean, what's what's worse, paying a little bit now, or what what happens when um, you know you don't have water for a month because the water mains break, or your house burns down because you know uh, a, a fire hydrant doesn't work? Um, I think you're going to be yelling a lot more of those things, or, or your or your waste backs up in your basement because we don't uh, have the money to to spend on an unfunded mandate from the state to fix our sanitary retention tank. I mean, these are all real problems that are going to have some real, are, are actually starting to have real consequences by not addressing them. So, um, you know, I'm not happy about it either, but, you know, we would have loved for people to come help us with the solution, but nobody did. Uh, and we did every effort to try to get people out there. So um, I, I just don't buy the, the third comment that, that Ms. Miller made. Thanks for sharing. Um... Is there any uh, anyone else want to say something? Because I do have a, something that was just said to me, which I wanted to discuss also, and then we can be done. Unless there's somebody else, uh, any other hands? Any other hands? Anybody? I, I have one. No. I have one. 
I have one comment when we get to mayor and council comments, but other than okay. that, I'm this is still new business and stuff. This is okay. New yeah, I wanted to make sure business. Yeah. And let me just, can I just add something, Kelly? Because sure. Bruce referenced a couple of things I said in the study session. I just, so I just want to reiterate that. Yeah. I, I just think I'm not, I don't get too bent out of shape about people's comments here and there that, that are made in social media or whatever. Cause I know it's a minority of the people. I think 95, you know, 90, 95% of the people in the city, support what we're doing and and you know want to have a nice city to live in and that's all that we are trying to do as a city council is to make sure we have a nice place to live we have good roads we have good infrastructure and you know and i think most people want that and we've made it clear like bruce said we've had a lot of meetings um do you want to get involved come on get involved i mean we're happy to hear your comments i mean i'm not ever going to complain about people making comments but if you're going to make comments be informed about it learn about it, come to the meetings, come to the city council meetings, come to the study sessions, um, call us, email us, get get some real information. Don't, you know, I, I'm not gonna take seriously people that kind of spout off information where there's no basis for it. So that's the bottom line. So, um, you know, we're here to help. We're here to uh, work for the city. You know, we don't get paid, <laughs> we're doing our best. So, you know, work with us and, uh, you know, We'll try to do the best job possible. That's that's all I wanted to add to that. Thank you. Um, and then because of this still being a kind of under new business, I was um, sent this. Um, the MML provided us with uh, comparisons. There was something that was addressed about um, the city manager getting a car allowance, and I believe um, Bruce, you did uh, address that in your statement too. But I actually asked for a comparison for all of the counties, I mean, all of the cities in Oakland County. And I just want to give you a snapshot that yeah. um, Sullivan Lake, who only has 1,720 people, they give their city manager a $750 car allowance um, for per month. Per month, per excuse month. me. Sorry, per month. Um, Pleasant Ridge, who only has 25. Hundred and excuse me, two thousand five hundred and twenty-six residents. They give their city manager a five hundred dollar car allowance a month. Franklin's Franklin, in there. Yeah, yeah Franklin, um, which is residents are thirty-one fifty. They give their city manager a ninety-two dollar and thirty-one cents allowance per week. Um, and then we all know ours is at four hundred dollars. Um, Huntington Woods is at $80 a month. South Lion is at $525 a month. Wixom is at $500 a month. And Madison Heights is at $475 a month. And it also gives you the salaries, which my, I'm blown away that on top of the salaries of getting the uh, car allowance. So I'm saying all that to say that this is a regular, um, this is common. It's not uncommon for a city manager to have a car allowance. And as I said earlier, um, I've been on the council for 10 years. So this will be my 10th year. And every year, uh, Jeff Mueller, uh, Matthew, um, Andy, everyone, had a car allowance exactly. um, and believe me I fought it back a long time ago and it went nowhere so um, that's not uncommon so we're not doing any special favors for um, uh, Dr. Cheryl 
So I just, you know, if you want that information, I'll be glad to share that with you because it did come from the MML. That's not something that I made up. Um, and it looks like we have one more person. And uh, I think that after this, uh, we, well, Elise Babcock. Yes, ma'am. Is somebody on mute her? Hi again. Um, Hi. I just wanted to ask, and of course I don't have time to research, but when you were giving us that data, um, Kelly, did you, yeah, um, was it based on comparative popu number of population, um, city to city, uh, average income, city so, to city pace, um, the taxes that they, the city taxes they pay, um, was all of that comparative um, when you um, mentioned those, those amounts? So this is based off of the cities uh, that are in Oakland County that do the car allowances. So like, for example, Sullivan Lake, I'm not sure of their taxes. So I mean, I can somebody can look it up really quickly if they want to, but they only have their population is 1700 people and their car allowance there is $750 a month. Plus their city manager makes a lot more than our city manager. So right. what about average income? The average income of, of the city as a whole? Um, not just our city. I mean, the ones that you listed, like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not reflected in there. There's, I mean, it's, it's I, I know what you're getting at, I'll see, but it, it's just, okay. it's really hard. The, the, the document that we're pulling from is just to give residents a, a sense that this is normal. Um, but mm -hmm. to, it's it's really hard to do apples to apples comparisons because there's so many there's so many variables that you would need to factor in. You know, for example, you know, uh, I don't remember what the city city that what Sylvan Lake or what you call it would say. Yeah, Sullivan, Sullivan, Sullivan Lake. Lake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, that could be that could be a, a fairly new city, whereas we're a fairly you know old city with old infrastructure, so they might not have infrastructure costs that we have. You know, um, you know, they may have a higher tax base, so it, it, it's really difficult to come up with a. Uh, an apples to apples uh, comparison that you're you're obviously seeking, but it, it really is just for comparison to say, hey, you know, a car allowance is a normal thing. It's part of a city administrator's compensation package, and we're not doing anything nefarious here, um, you know, or or you know, just throwing money at her. It's it, this was part of her compensation package. Okay, yeah, I understand that that they probably need it, um, but I was just wondering with those cities. I know some of them have a much higher income uh, bracket than we do. Um, that's all I wanted to know um, about the data. Yeah, I wish I wish okay. those kinds of comparisons were, were easier to do because I, I'm, I'm an analytic geek too. And, and when I've been doing some of the analyses that I've done in the, in the past three years for city council, it's been frustrating not being able to, to, to make those exact kinds of comparisons. Right, well, Bruce, I teach math. So that's where I just went there, okay? Yeah, I, I have I'm a degree. I have a degree in math, so. <laughs> oh, yay, and I teach math at Wayne State, so. Excellent. Well, Excellent. I appreciate that you, you're quite, your, uh, your, your inquiry about that. Mine wasn't so much to give you the pricing, but it was just to say that this is a normal. And like I said before, um, this has been the norm for the last 10 years from my being on the board. Um, this has I been the norm. I raised my hand for another question. Oh, go, uh, I'm sorry, Ms. Babcock, are you all set? Oh, yes, thanks. You are very welcome. Mary Lou. Oh, let's see. Am I unmuted? 
Yeah, yep, we, we hear you. Okay, I want you all to turn yourself into cats just for one minute because we could use some comic relief. And I keep trying to like text y'all, but I insist before the close of the meeting, you turn yourself into cats. I want a if screenshot. Only, if only we knew how. Oh man. Okay, fair enough. That's all. Have a good night, you guys. Oh, you, I love it. Scott. There you go, Scott. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no awesome. idea. Okay. Bruce is a cool. Bruce, Bruce is a dog guys. person though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so okay, bye. We, thank you, Mary Lou. Um pub, uh, public comment. We're gonna close it up. Um, council, I have nothing for the evening. I think I've said enough. So I I, else? I just have one quick comment on a on, on a serious <laughs> more on a serious note. I, I just want to um, you know the the Lather Village family lost somebody, a uh, longtime resident, I think over 50 years. Um, Brigadier General Robert Raish passed away about uh, I think it was about a week and a half ago. Um, it's a family that's been here for like I said almost 50 years. They were here when I was a kid living here. Um, so I just want to pass on uh, our our condolences to to the Raishes. Thank you very much. Can you keep us informed about the arrangements if, if we missed it, if there's something that we can maybe. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think if I remember correctly, it's it's going to be uh, in Mac Mackinac Island at some time in the future, um, just because of COVID. I think they're they're uh, haven't figured that out yet. Okay, thank you. Salim, Ian, anything for the good of the cause? No, I have nothing. Thank you. No. Thank you. Anyone else? Administration. No. Okay. Well, then I will take um, as close again. I will take a motion to for adjournment. Make a motion to adjourn. Second. It's been moved and second. We're adjourned. I'll I'll be back soon. It's so hot right now. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate thanks, it. everybody. Appreciate the participation. Bye -bye. And residents, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye now.